it off. Sutter is up with it there. Right around in front. Live in the entertainment capital of the world. Leading goal scorer on the team. Drew one in front. It's the TC Martin Show. A tie game on the power play. Hodgson was at the front of the net. They are even. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor. A power play goal by the captain. T.C. Martin. It's brushed on back by Richard Buttsup. Right up front. Younger fan inside of the net. Score! The doctor is now in. And a very good Thursday afternoon to you. T.C. Martin Show coming your way wherever you may be. Welcome, boys and girls. All people of all shapes and sizes. Earthquake out today. Believer out today so what happens the nunchuck is in the house today oh yes the nunchuck guaranteed to something up there's no doubt about it all right so glad to have you with us on a thursday i'm going to be off tomorrow so we're going to be um graced upon with the greatness of the one and only Frank Harness. She'll be filling in for me tomorrow. Ballpark Frank, VGK Frank, and we had Frank uh, on the show on Monday talking about VGK. And speaking of the Golden Knights, they will be in action at 3.30 here today, uh, back in the uh, qualifying round as we get ready to head towards the Stanley Cup playoffs. So, uh, a lot to do on the program today. T.J. Reeves is going to join us, our man from Tampa, our man on the scene, our man in the bubble of all bubbles, whether it's the NBA bubble, the WNBA bubble, uh, many other bubbles there in the great state of FLA. So he will join us today, talk a little Buccaneers. Tom Brady has been practicing. They're ready to go there. So T.J. Reeves, the fine sideline reporter and uh, longtime radio personality there in the Tampa area. So uh, he will join us today. A little bit later on, Chuck Esposito from Sunset Station as Chuck will join us as we get ready to uh, find out what's going on uh, on the board. The betting board, Major League Baseball, the NBA, and of course NHL all coming your way with uh, Chuck Esposito. So he will join us a little bit later. And then we will go straight to the bubble and talk to Bill Lambeer, the head coach and the vice president of basketball operations. And uh, he will join us a little bit later on as well, too. And as far as the Aces go, Aces victorious last night as they win 83-77. to They got the payback over the defending champions, the WNBA champions, the Washington Mystics. And if you remember that series from last year where the Mystics uh, defeated the Aces uh, in game number four in the best of five series in the uh, semifinals. So there you have it. Um, and Bill Lambeer will join us today live from the bubble. So we will look forward to that. And again, victorious. The Aces now prove their record 2-3-2. and two. Breaking it all down for you. Heavy guest-driven show here today. All right. So, Numchuck, how are you doing so far? You good? I'm doing good. Okay. Don't don't talk. You don't need to talk. Okay. Remember, your your mic doesn't work on this on this program. He's, we're going we're going <laughs> we're going hand signals only here. There you go. Exactly. It's like it's like we're playing at Lambeau Field. Okay. Which I know you don't like that because you're a Bears fan, but the crowd's going crazy. Bears, Packers, and it doesn't do any good to go ahead and start barking out those signals. All right, we go hand signals only. 
That's what you're relegated to. <laughs> and he just gave me a hand signal, ladies and gentlemen. Very nice. All right. Let's get it cracking. Let's talk to our man on the spot, in the bubble. I don't know I don't know which bubble he's in, but he's in some bubble. Who knows? It could be the boy in the bubble. Or actually it could be it could be what was, what was he called? The guy in Seinfeld. He was in the bubble. It wasn't the boy. He was the bubble boy, I believe, in Seinfeld. We're talking about TJ Reeves, our Buck sideline reporter. What is going on, my friend? Always good to be with you. And, uh, yeah, it's just interesting with you and your own crew. You talk to someone and then don't expect them to talk back to you. That's, uh, that's tremendous. I love the, the reference, though, to Lambeau. Uh, because you're right, in the loud environment, you, you gotta you got to have silent communication here in the business, there's yes. no doubt. Well, we have to have silent communication here, and, and the believer will tell you that as well, too. When Nubchuck is in studio, you just, you're probably not going to be able to hear the signals, okay? I mean, again, there's no volume with this guy's voice. I mean, you know, he has a little, little problem projecting and everything, so <laughs> it would better just use hand signals. <laughs> What I love is everybody on your crew has a nickname because you're the doctor, yes. and we got Earthquake, yes. and we got the Believer, yes. and we got Numchuck. Yes. I mean, you guys are something else when you show up somewhere and have to do introductions. Well, it's, this, it's almost like the WWE. Well, as so. you as you know, TJ Reeves. I mean, as you should know. I mean, that's what the prerequisite to be involved with this program. I mean, someone you're all going to get a nickname. I mean, from day right. one, you are going to get a nickname. I mean, just you know, we, we just can't stand by the, the normal letters that uh, are on your birth certificate on the back of your jersey. We've got to get a little creative, and that's what kinda we've always like a been. Kind of like a TJ. Kind of like a TJ is a nickname. There, exactly. Exactly. Kind of make it thick. Exactly. 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 But you go periods, don't you? See, I've never been a period guy. I do. I do. The TC does not have initials, but I do have initials no, have, uh, with no, the periods. No, so, yes, yes. The, the initials and the periods. Yes. The, there we, you do, go. we do. We do. We do, we do have both of those. So uh, I, I know we have many different things to cover, including – are we talking villains today? You gave me a heads up that we were talking about villains in sports, right? Yeah, did you catch that? In the last couple of days, as uh, has been accustomed to – and I think I've told you this story before. I created the monster with the serial madness with Bill yes, Cartwright. And, and, and Cartwright yes, has did. decided to take this to a whole other level and create his own contest – uh, every week uh, with friends and family, and there there are a couple uh, sports celebrities that uh, will remain nameless that are involved with this, but mostly the big uh, Cartwright uh, family crew there, as we like to say, the Cartwright Ranch. And, uh, yeah, he wanted to do a contest every week because he had so much fun with Serial Madness to do the best of or the greatest of of every week. So this past week, he decided he wanted to go with the greatest villains of all time. Uh, movie <laughs> movie villains, exactly. So we had Trevor Maddich oh, on he did yesterday. Movie, he did movie villains. Okay, so yeah. it's not necessarily just sports villains. Movie villains. Exactly. Okay. However, if you heard yesterday's show, and it's on the website there right now, Trevor Maddich decided to take it to the sports villains and do the crossover there so yes it's, it's been popular the last couple days with the villains so quake believer they all we all chimed in and if you'd like to chime in with your greatest villain of all time i'm sure the big seven footer is at home listening intently right now with a cigar in his mouth and <laughs> yeah, probably sure. in, in the on, old, a, on a late uh, thursday afternoon he's well, late thursday afternoon in the eastern time zone a mid-thursday afternoon in the west oh yeah he's got nothing better to do but to be hanging out listening to the tc martin show because who doesn't yeah by well, the way i had the kellogg's corn pop today you have the Madness. Yeah, the I do corn, corn pops today. Yes, very. So, you're only about five months too late, but that's quite all right. That's good though. Continue well, enjoy a lot of madness. time. We we spent a lot of time going over that Final Four because we didn't have a real Final Four. And we didn't we didn't have a real championship game for college basketball, and I was heavy 
into the cereal madness. I'm just letting you know I was still partaking today. I love so, it. Well, at least... Just, uh, wait, all right, so do you want a villain from a film and a villain from sports, both from me? I, I don't care, actually. I mean, again, you have free reign here. You could just give me whatever off the top of your head, whatever you'd so, like to do here. So we're talking like movie villains, and and then that, that could be like the superhero uh, you know, movies. Heath Ledger as the Joker is still iconic. I... I, I have said for the better part of the last year, it's almost blasphemy that Joaquin Phoenix went ahead and, and made another movie and made it about the Joker and then ended up winning an Academy Award, et cetera, et cetera. That should have stood forever with Heath Ledger as the Joker. I, I love Nicholson as the Joker in Batman, but if you're talking about villains and recognizable villains, doesn't that one have to rise, if not at the top, like like at the top two or three? It did. And, and, and Trevor Maddich said that yesterday. And I enjoyed uh, the most recent you know, Joker. I did. I thought Joaquin Phoenix was was tremendous. No question about that. But you're right. Heath Ledger is probably head and shoulders above that. And like Trevor pointed out yesterday, uh, there, there has never been a better uh, pencil death uh, in movie history, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I would agree. But there were a couple of scenes in that that uh, that was the first time we've seen something like that before. It, no. would, it would definitely go. Well, okay, so we're big in this household on the Star Wars movies right now, and I actually have one of the 12-year-old twin girls who's apparently trying to turn to the dark side because she is very much into Kylo Ren, and I'm trying to convince her evil, bad guy, bad, bad uh, dark side of the Force evil but darth vader's like an all-time villain right no question From the films if nope. we're going right. futuristic sci-fi we got to go darth vader right oh yeah cartwright would love you for that because you know i'm not a sci-fi guy so i'm sure he's he's gonna love that so your vote's gonna gonna ring loudly there but uh, you know back to the joker real quick i just wanted to throw in i know we're talking movies here but there's no better joker than the television joker what was that caesar romero i mean come on are you kidding me in living color my friend you're going back like 60 years to Caesar <laughs> Romero. And how about, you know, Burgess Meredith was the penguin. They had now you're talking. There you go. The villains on, on yes. uh, Batman's uh, arch rivals there. And I don't when think. They were always, I, I want to see video at some point. You've got to make this happen on social media of you and the believer doing the. Uh, the uh, Batman and Robin climbing up the building uh, where they turned the camera sideways and they were really just walking in place going across the set and they made the camera seem like they were walking up the, bu- <laughs> up the building. I want to see you two on social media doing that. I-, I would love to see that down the road. I would probably pay to see that. So you see if you guys can make that happen. There we go. There we are right there. Going up. Exactly. Nice and slow. Hold on. Nunchuck, get over here. There it is. I'm going to hit Nunchuck. Boom. Pow. Kaboom. There we have it right there. The red and the yellow coming your way. Except there's one problem there. I don't know. I can't speak for Believer, but there's no way in the world that I want to see Believer, Nunchuck, or especially Earthquake in those tights. Those wrestling tights from the 1950s. I don't want to see that. Because that's all we saw with Batman. We're in the tights. Oh, yeah. The the package exposed on television there nearly. Are you kidding me, TJ Reeves? We can't uh, have that. That's that's an image I did not need on a Thursday But I'll I'll give you this image. If you want to go back to Batman, what about the Catwoman as a villain? Maybe she can't be a villain because she was too hot. Well, yeah, maybe so. And, of course, uh, later on, 
you know, there were different incarnations of Catwoman too. Wasn't it? Uh, wasn't Halle Berry was Cat was Catwoman later, later? Oh yes, she like was. in the nineties. Oh yes, early two thousand, something yes. like that. So yes. that's that's a different type of villain. Yeah, very on that front. But yeah, villains. Vill- that's that's good stuff. That's good stuff. So you don't want to bring it back to sports villains. I said because, that's fine. Bring it. I mean, Trevor gave us you know, the, the Yankees and the Patriots and that sort of thing. So wait a minute, you're going with teams? Yeah. Well, like, I don't know. Check, he, yeah, we go wherever you want. Would yeah. be, you know, the, the the lightning rod probably there more so than Brady. Or yeah, it's because they win all the time. Nick Saban with Alabama, they win all the time, and so therefore he's almost like a villain, like the cocky, the arrogant. You know, Coach K takes a lot of heat. Because Duke, again, wins all the time. They seem to get all the best players. Uh, I don't subscribe to that. I, I have had a, an opportunity or two to be with him uh, away from things and, and uh, as down-to-earth and hilarious, by the way. Coach K uh, can rip off the one-liners and, and, and make fun of you and be self-deprecating on, on his own uh, as, as well as anybody. So, um I'll tell you, you want a quick funny story. Speaking of villains, were you a big fan of uh, uh, Kiefer Sutherland twenty four? Real quick, the twenty four series on Fox. Not, Did you watch not those much. DCs? Not what much. About the show? No. Not much. Anybody else on the show? Not, 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 Numchuck. No. Numchuck's not allowed to talk. I can't talk to him. Anybody else? No. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he went there. He's speaking he like bell, He's so like yeah. cousin it. He speaks like cousin it. He is like cousin it. There it is. Okay. So so there were. All, it was always who's the best villain. Remember the late Dennis Hopper. Oh, yes. uh, was a villain one year on 24, and they just they went on and on down the list on on who were the secret villains, who was who was working with the Russians or the or the evils or the whoever. Anyway, I'll bring this back to Coach K. Coach K was a huge fan of 24, all right, and he would binge watch it uh, like at night or one weekend or whatever, whenever they weren't playing during the season, uh, whatever it was. Okay. So the one year they had like the Hollywood writer strike, and then I had the opportunity to go to Durham. I was doing work for Sirius XM Radio. I had the opportunity to go to Durham, and I was going to be around Coach K, and I knew because we had talked on radio interviews about 24 and how much he wanted to meet Kiefer Sutherland and shake his hand and tell him how much he loved the show. All right, so I bring up the conversation. I say to Coach K, hey, have you seen the trailer? I said the word trailer, and he knew what I was going to ask next. He goes, if you say one word about anything that happened on 24, I'm going to break your arm right here. And I went, holy <laughs> crap. <laughs> I, I believed him. He was looking at, and the SID's looking at me with a serious look, like you don't mess with him in 24 when he's binging Kiefer Sutherland's show. So that, there's Coach K, I guess, in a villain moment. He was threatening to break my arm, T.C. Martin, I can see if that. I told him anything that happened. And all I was telling him was, have you seen the trailer? The show's not out yet. You can't be a spoiler oh, there, T.J. You cannot be a spoiler, okay? And I will leave you with this. We'll leave you yeah. with this with villains, okay? Let's, let's, take to, let's go to the squared circle where you are a big fan. And you, <laughs> there's no better villain if... Like Roddy Roddy Piper or Macho Man Randy oh, Savage, where they're so, yeah. where they are so good at the villain that they turn and you like them. And with yeah. Roddy Roddy Piper and Macho Man Randy Savage, that shows you you've got a villain that can turn. And Vince McMahon didn't have to turn him; he had to be turned because they were so good at it. People love to hate the bad well, let's guy. Talk about yeah. what? Let's talk about the ultimate heel turn in wrestling history, and you know where I'm going because I'm from. I'm, I'm here in Tampa, where like 97 percent of the wrestlers were either from yeah. here or maybe you know some of them from somewhere else, but or Japan. Uh, but most of them were in and around here and learning how to be wrestlers here at one point in the 70s, the 80s, the 90s. 
So when when the Hulkster, what you gonna do when he turned uh, as a as a member of the NWO? Which, by the way, in, in knowing the whole backdrop of all of that, he had been wanting for years in the WWF to turn and become a, a bad guy, a heel. And McMahon refused to do it because he was worth tens of millions of dollars in merchandising and other stuff away from the ring that they didn't want to make him a bad guy. But that that heel turn, we're coming up on 25 years ago that the NWO, where the Hulkster came out, heel turn, you got to, yeah, I, I, that's... That's the ultimate villain, as far as I'm concerned, in, in pro wrestling. Because once the Hulk becomes a bad guy and he's cheating and he's not saying his prayers and eating his vitamins anymore, and the Hulkamania isn't running wild anymore, that was the ultimate heel. To- I still remember having that pay per view in my house with my in laws, my brother in law, some other people were over, and the place went bonkers when the Hulkster leg dropped Macho Man and turned to the NWO. And that, that became as big a deal. I mean, there were like 8 or 10 million people watching on Monday night now for Hulk Hogan to be a bad guy. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But what I didn't like about it, I didn't, I didn't like uh, the, the dye job on the beard or the goatee. That was ridiculous looking. And again, it, did, it doesn't rank up there for me. And I know what you're saying <laughs> because, you know, the Hulkster, you know, it, it, I don't know. I mean, he was never a Hulk guy. Ask Aaron Sheik what he thinks about the Hulk, okay? And, and, and people that worked with him, as you well know. So, yeah, Hulk doesn't, Hulk doesn't resonate, you know, that far up there with me. And I think we saw so many great heel turns before Hogan. But I hear where you're going, and a lot of people, yeah. you know, it resonates with them. So there it is. T.J. Reeves, ladies and gentlemen, not only the Buck sideline reporter, but the wrestling connoisseur <laughs> aficionado as well, too. He, he goes from... It's almost by attrition here in Florida that you have to keep up with it and know about it and know the history of it. Because so many of them were, uh, again, around here, still live around here, et cetera. And did it's drugs crazy. there. Yeah, absolutely. And died there. I mean, come on. Let's, let's, tell, like, let's tell like it is. <laughs> the, life, the life it is. Well, it's, it's, it's amazing to go back and watch 1980s and even into the 90s wrestling and, and look at those guys and go, my God, dead, 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 yeah. over and over and over again. So sad in that regard, too. There it is. I don't want to turn this into a sad thing, though. No. Let's, uh, okay. let's, let's march on about villains or whatever else you like. Okay, let's go with this. Okay, today is the deadline for NFL players wish, wishing to opt out of the season. We're a, a close to 50 players have already decided not to play I imagine we may get a few more. Here's what I don't get, TJ. The three kinds of opt-outs. We have the voluntary opt-out. We have a high risk, which that's the one that I actually get, where to be a, a high risk, you have to have a serious ailment or disease or be, a, be diagnosed you know, by a doctor. And then we've got the one that is really confusing me, the unspecified opt-out, where they're not saying anything, but they just want to get a paycheck. So we know for the voluntary, you get 150 grand. That's going to be your stipend, okay? And you could get 350,000 if you are a high risk. And and then I guess I'm okay with that. But for these guys that are just trying to find an excuse not to play, and they want a a free uh, spin at the wheel, so to speak, I'm not buying that. I'm not buying it at all, and I'm not sure how I feel about it. Well, I know how I feel about it. I don't like it. You sign up to play, play. If you are at risk and there is, you, know, you have family issues and you feel that you could uh, contact you know, COVID, 
bring it home. I get that. Don't right. play. Fine with it. But these guys with unspecified or voluntary, not feeling it. Well, and, uh, and, and what I'm not clear on, are they still getting the 350 or are they getting the 150? Uh, and, and I do know at one point they were going to have a panel, and the panel was going to say, if you individually are at risk, we'll determine that. And then, like what you're talking about, do you have – uh, you know, family members. I, I saw a couple of players have already put out there. I have a newborn. I have I have a uh, a father or a mother that's at serious risk for this. That's already had respiratory problems, and I just don't I don't want to take the chance that I could get them sick and and the worst could happen. So, um, it, yeah, it's it, it, it's a it's a tough situation. I'm not in a position, and neither should anybody else, to tell somebody else you have to go and play if they don't feel like. They should go and, and, and do this, and they, and they feel unsafe. But I don't think it's my spot, your spot, or anybody else's spot to tell them they should. Now, in, in terms of the money, that's right. what you're talking and, about. And that's what I'm and talking the check, about. Exactly. That's different. That's how do we meet that out? How do we figure that out? You know, the case of Dante Hightower, I think we were talking about this on your show, or I was talking about it somewhere. I've done 57 of these back and forth, and I always love being on with you, but I can't remember if we talked about it. Hightower's given up like $8.5 million dollars. Because he's a nine million dollar player, and he's doing it for the the three fifty, and I think he's got a newborn, and I think his wife is a cancer survivor or something like that, and so he said, "I'm just not, I, I'm not comfortable with even taking the chance," and he's foregoing like eight and a half million, eight or eight and a half million dollars. So you can understand uh, from that standpoint, he's putting health first, and he's sacrificing a lot of money in that instance. But for a lot of these other guys that maybe aren't making eight million, four million, three million. $350,000 is significant, but I would trust the NFL and the doctor to be looking into it, TC. All right. TJ Reeves joins us, the Bucks sideline reporter, radio personality, of course, and good friend of this program, TJ Reeves in the house. Uh, TJ, let's talk about Tom Brady, the Buccaneers. Tom Brady's thrown passes from winners. Yep. Every everything is a story. Everything is a video. We saw Tom Brady, you know, marching in to take his COVID test a, a week and a half ago. That <laughs> was helic- breaking helicopters news. Helicopters following, yes. Yes. like the paparazzi. Yes, yes, exactly. I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story, <laughs> and I need all of you to stop <laughs> what you're doing and listen. Yes, that's right. Tom Brady, Tom Brady has arrived. A COVID test. Yes. The end. All right. What's going on? He's throwing passes to who? What's going on over there? Well, I mean, he met with the media a little while ago, and that is the first time besides the phone conference call that he did back in March that Brady has met with the media now, and it was not just the Tampa Bay media. It was national media on the Zoom. Uh, but it, it is wild here. I mean, I, everywhere that I have been for the last week, that's what everybody's talking about in anticipation. And then the team signs LaShawn McCoy. And how much does Shady have left? How much tread on the tires? We'll find out. He certainly can catch the ball out of the backfield, which is one of the things they're looking for. So we saw that practice video on Tuesday, two days ago now, where he's chucking the ball to Shady, to, to LaShawn McCoy, in addition to Mike Evans and Rob Gronkowski was out there. It is a bit surreal to be watching all of this, but there is a lot of anticipation as we head towards uh, September, and we're not going to get any preseason games. I mean, basically what we're going to have is practice footage until they get ready to play for real, guys. Which I don't have a problem with. I think I don't think any true football fan really cares about missing preseason football, because I don't. I, you know, we got four of these things. A lot of people wanted to get cut back you know, to two. I'm not sure we even need that, so... You know, you got your reps, get your reps in, and maybe this is, makes training camp 
a little more meaningful for a lot of these teams. You have to get out the pads. You're going to have to lock up. You're going to have to hit some guys. So this is going to going to tell us a lot. And you know, for a lot of these teams that, that start off slow, and we've seen that where guys don't get their reps in, they're forced to get their reps in now during training camp. True. And Mr. Brady, by the way, just turned 43. Uh, and on the same day that he turned 43 earlier this week, the running back Ronald Jones, the former USC yep. star and the Pac-12, turned 23. So they share the same birthday. And Brady has been playing in the NFL almost as long as Ronald Jones has been alive. That's a scary, that's a scary thing to contemplate uh, for this year's team. Uh, and the big offensive lineman that the Bucks drafted in the first round out of Iowa, whose name is Tristan Wirfs, uh, mammoth uh, tackle. Uh, again, that, that kid's 22. He's, he's walking in as a 22-year-old, and part of your job is to protect the, the living and walking legend, future Hall of Famer. Uh, and, uh, and he did say, hey, it was cool to, to walk over and say, what's up to Tom Brady in a meeting earlier this week? Pretty wild. Yeah, and you can't really go wrong with a big offensive lineman from Iowa. They usually fare pretty yeah. well. You know, the corn-fed beef is, have is you speaking volumes there. Worfs, yes. Worfs, it's on social media. Have you seen him, much like T.C. Martin now, I don't know if you could still do this, but back in the day I'm told you could do this, yeah. that you could jump out of the shallow end of the pool, three or four feet of water, and jump up onto the side without any help or leverage, just, just complete dead jump, uh, vertical jump. The dude is 330 pounds, and he did it the other, he did it probably in the last couple of weeks. Did a dead vertical out of the, the three-foot water of the shallow end of the pool up onto the side. Incredible yes. how strong and how agile he looks. So look that up for Tristan Wirfs, the Iowa offensive yeah, lineman. That's true. And I used to dominate the kiddie pool, for the record, okay? I, that kiddie pool, I dominated. <laughs> exactly. You know, <laughs> the waiting pool. All right, TJ Reeves, uh, NBA. They are COVID-free. They have got the bubble right. Everyone is applauding the National Basketball Association players, coaches, everyone for basically not having the virus. They're doing a fantastic job. But let's talk about what we're seeing here on the court there. Another one of your bubbles there in Florida. Give me your thoughts. Well, the first thing is the Memphis Grizzlies officially hate this whole idea of resuming the regular season because they've probably gone and lost four games, and they're not even going to be in the eighth spot. They may not even be in the ninth spot uh, and be all the way out of the playoffs. So it is interesting how they chose to do it. Uh, I didn't see the final a second ago. I know New Orleans was losing again. You know, the big motivation was obviously to try to see if Zion and the Pelicans could get in that eighth spot and play against the Lakers in the opening round that they're going to do in the bubble. But a, a loss today damages New Orleans even further, and it may be that Portland ends up getting in. Um, and, and, look, I'm, I'm interested. I'm watching games here and there. It is wild. It is wild to have uh, the, the NBA and the NHL and Major League Baseball games going on during the day, during the week. Now, in the summer, for baseball, we would constantly have baseball during the day, during the week at different locations. But to have the NBA and the NHL, and they're going to apparently play playoff games in both that are going to be during the day, that's pretty wild. That's great for sports fans. So I'm checking out some of the, uh, the NBA and, and watching this unfold just like everybody else. Uh, the only criticism that I've continually had is if you take so long to get to the playoffs, the football is going to overrun both the basketball and the hockey. Don't you agree, TC, no. that when we get 
another three or four weeks from now and they're playing their playoffs, we're going to care more about the NFL because they're not done yet. Yes, no, totally agree with you with that. No question. And again, going back, you know, I really believe that the NBA and the NHL could have started a little bit earlier to avoid this. And again, it's going to mess up the off season and the start of next season as well. Again, I, I don't know about you, but I just I lost interest in the NBA when they stayed away so long. We're just not used to playing basketball right. in August. And I was telling Bill Cartwright this is the exact same thing. He's like, "Oh, you're looking forward to this." No, we're not used to basically having preseason games. That's what we've seen the first week and a half in the NBA. These are preseason games. They don't mean anything. Okay, they are meaningless games. Let's get. They should have went right to the playoffs. And here we are, you know, the beginning of August, and we're having meaningless basketball. We're not going to have any meaningful basketball to what maybe the end of September. So, not a fan. But uh, uh, final score, TJ Reeves, the Sacramento Kings finally uh, come up big today, one forty, one twenty-five over your New Orleans Woo! Pelicans. The Pelicans, a four-point favorite. Kings outright winner, one forty, one twenty-five. One hundred and forty again. And there was somebody yeah. that got a hundred and fifty something in a regular game the other night. So in the bubble, defense is optional, apparently, yes. or maybe not even needed yes. in De- a lot of these De- games. De'Aaron Fox, 30 points, 10 assists. How do you like that for the Kings? So they How about a stat, just a quick stat, and then we can move on to whatever else you can get out of here if you need to tell me to scram. The Rockets had 26 turnovers in a game the other night and won the game. So, so obviously, and I think they attempted like 60, 61, yeah, 61, I believe the number was turnovers yes. and right. they won. Yeah. So it's crazy. Yeah. That, yeah. That's your Houston Rockets basketball, ladies and gentlemen. No, thank you. You can have it. I, I don't want to watch any part of that. No, thank you. Stand around and, and chuck up threes. And like you said, they're not chucking up the threes. They're throwing the ball all over the joint. And, uh, you know, and, and you know what happens when they throw the ball all over the joint, when it leaves the hardwood and it hits the carpet or somewhere else, new basketball must come in. Disinfect. disinfect. And, yes, and we have we plenty of basketball. And, and, Not unlike the studio when you guys get done. We got to disinfect. You have to lie, Saul. Absolutely. You got to. All right, my friend. Uh, yes, we're going to tell you to scram because uh, we got the Bill Lambeer. He's uh, waiting in the wings to join talk us. Talk about villains. Yeah. Yes. Now that, I mean, I know he's the coach, but I mean, talk about villains. There's a there's a classic villain, uh, especially if you were a Bulls fan or a Celtics fan or a Lakers fan. Nobody liked Lambeer. Exactly. I don't know uh, his mod- his current picture right now. What looks worse, him or Hannibal Lecter? <laughs> Okay, make sure you say that to him. I wanna, I'm going to tune in for that. <laughs> All right, my friend. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, follow him on Twitter. Great follow on Twitter. Buck Sideline Guy. He's got the Three Dog Thursday podcast. Yeah. He's got the boxing podcast. Go ahead, plug away, yep. my friend. We got lots of fights. So the Big Fight Weekend website and podcast and the Three Dog Thursday podcast is out talking a lot of odds, a lot of underdogs, including a great story about a guy that stands to win like $20,000 on an MLS soccer bet, and they're holding the bet up because he apparently got bad odds at the window. You'll want to hear that story in addition to all the college football, the, the screwed-up schedules and all of that stuff. Three Dog Thursday is the podcast, wherever you find podcasts or on the YouTube page. Thank you for letting me plug. Be well, TC. Always good to be with the TC Martin Show whenever you need me, brother. Thanks, brother. Appreciate you. There he is, T.J. Reeves, our man on the scene, in the bubble, the bubble boy, the original bubble boy, T.J. Reeves in Florida. All right, we come back. Chuck Esposito is going to join us. Bill Lambeer a little bit later on, so hang tight for that. We're going to the sports book next. The T.C. Martin Show is back. Yes! Yes! What are you doing? It's just a halftime. Yes, this is my favorite part of the game. T.C. Martin. Yes! In the face! 
The doctor is now in. Doesn't matter what time of day it is. We've got sports. It's early as 9 o'clock in the morning on a weekday. And we joked last time when our next guest joined, uh, joined us last week. We talked about it. it kind of feels like the Olympic Games where you have action early in the morning or maybe some European soccer or something. Euro Cup, World Cup, I don't know. But uh, we've got the NBA, NHL playing all hours. Uh, great stuff for the sports book. And joining us now, our good friend Chuck Esposito over at Sunset Station. Chuck, what's going on, my man? I'm good, TC. It's just nice to have all uh, all three leagues going on right now. Just uh, such a difference in the, the race and sports books. I, I think the vibe, the electricity, just seeing so many more guests coming in and, and having them enjoy the experience is great. We, we all know that everyone is, you know, uh, following the uh, social distancing uh, protocols and the safety and health protocols, but it's still nice seeing them, and you can definitely feel it um, on both sides of the counter. You got it. And again, you know, we got people coming into the book rather early, and uh, it's great. It's, it's great. All right, so let's... Uh, I want to start talking about some some VGK. They're going to be in action here in about an hour check. Before we get to that, uh, college football really has been the news and still is the news every day here because we're still not sure exactly what we're going to see, if we are going to see it. So there's a lot of question marks. From your side of the counter there, how are you approaching the college football season? Are you actually having people that are are, are betting on, on some of these futures or is it just kind of a status quo now? And do you have everything up? Uh, because I know that you know the conferences are saying, okay, we're going to go conference only, only uh, seasons. And I guess the Big Ten kind of released their schedule the other day. Tell us what is your approach like? Yeah, everything definitely isn't up. Um, it, it's extremely fluid for us as well. TC, uh, that's probably the biggest unknown right now is um, college football. As you mentioned, we, we know that some conferences are going to conference only. You've got the ACC, which added Notre Dame. You've got some of the, the power conferences uh, starting now on the 26th of September. So there's more inconsistency than consistency. So we're just kind of taking the wait-and-see approach right now, and we'll address accordingly. But I would say more so than, than the other sports, uh, this one Definitely is, uh, you know, major question marks, and it seems to to change, you know, conference by conference almost daily. Um, so we're just keeping an eye on it and, you know, hoping that there's some semblance of college football, even if, you know, you, you lose some of these out-of-conference big and marquee games. Um, just having college football, I think, still would be a win-win uh, for both sides of the counter yeah. if they can do it, you know, in a, in a, a safe and healthy way for, for all the athletes and everybody involved. All right, from the NFL side, we know we're not going to have any exhibition games. So I think, you know, for fans, it's kind of a two-edged sword because one is, you know, we don't like a lot of the meaningless football. And let's face it, you know, a lot of the starters, you know, they don't get in. They don't get their reps. You might see them a little bit in week one. You see them in week three, and really, for the most part, that's about it. Um, we see more and more teams over the last couple of years really take the approach of, of not playing uh, their starters. But again, so from a book standpoint, it's like, okay, you don't have those games, and we, we know fans love to bet on football. It doesn't matter if it's preseason or regular season. But uh, what kind of action are you seeing? Are you still starting to see people come in and bet some futures? Oh, absolutely, when it comes to football. Um, it, it's so popular, TC, and they're always, you know, looking at it and thinking about it and talking about it and asking for sheets way in advance. I think, and you're, you're absolutely right, 
when it comes to uh, preseason. We know that it seems like more and more teams have, have adopted the approach of not playing marquee players, at, especially quarterbacks and, and key players. Yet our preseason handle on many games would dwarf that of a of a baseball game that was being played that day between two teams that are jockeying for, you know, the division or a wild card spot in mid to late August. So if it was a primetime preseason football game, the handle was usually phenomenal. And you didn't even know who was playing, but I think that just kind of speaks volumes for the power of pro football. So although we'll have the three other sports going on in August, which is definitely a positive for our side of the counter, you still are going to miss that boom of uh, college football or uh, pro football preseason. Although we're still hopeful that the regular season starts on time and, uh, you know, that uh, they get back to playing as well. All right, Chuck Esposito joins us from Sunset Station, Station Casino Properties. Chuck, we got uh, the Golden Knights uh, getting a lot of attention here. Very impressive in their last outing. They're taking the ice again within the hour. They're taking on the St. Louis Blues virtually a pick, and maybe St. Louis a a slight favorite in this one. So uh, give us uh, some thoughts on the Golden Knights, Uh, not just from a betting standpoint, but where you think that, you know, how far this team can actually go. And uh, are, are people, you know, lining up with these guys with their wallets uh they are uh you know i mean first from uh you know from a fan's perspective i think they're you know it's phenomenal having the knights and being such a good team with only being in the league for a few years um you know being a a fan and uh being out here you want to see them do well from the business side of it um that's a little bit of another story we we do find ourselves from from this side of the counter rooting against them um, the, the guests and the public do back them game in and game out. Um, they like to play them on the puck line. So when they were down 3-1 entering the third and came back and won that game and covered the puck line, um, there was a lot of happy VGK fans out there, both for their wallets and for fans. Um, from our side of the counter, not so much. But it is a huge draw, TC. Um, it's always games that are on you know the big screens in our books with, with audio and it just draws a, a tremendous crowd into all of our sports books. So it's good to see them doing well. I think they're one of the two best teams in the Western Conference. I think Colorado is scary good just with their speed and the way they can play on the back end. Um, I, I think you look at VGK, you have to get Pacioretty back. I'm not sure who's going to end up being the goalie yet, if it's going to be uh, a Robin Leonard or if it's going to be um, uh, a Flurry. So that's an interesting part. But uh, overall, uh, having the VGK, it's just phenomenal for our side of the counter. And, again, it just creates a great atmosphere and electricity, uh, I think, in all of our sports books industry-wide. Yeah, it is a little bit strange for you and fans right now because you guys would have the the watch parties and our good friend Brian Blessing would be over there hosting a lot of the stuff and you guys do a fantastic job with that. I know that you know people are missing that. Is that something, Chuck, that that you are are looking at as they as we get further down the road. And I know there's only so much you can do with that, and it's probably obviously a corporate decision. Uh, what can you tell fans and our listeners uh, about the possibility or the potential? Could we actually see some viewing parties down the road? You know, I, I can't really tell much at this point, TC. I think you know the most important thing now is you know what the what the. Governor stances on, on large gatherings and what we can and can't do. And the most important thing, again, is um, the health and safety of all of our team members and all of our guests and making sure that all the uh, the health and safety protocols are in place. So, you know, at some point, if, if 
those restrictions uh, change and we're able to do things, I think we'd absolutely um, look at, at doing uh, some of those viewing parties again if we can. I know the guests ask about it all the time, and they were extremely popular, and I'm, I'm hopeful we can again because it had become kind of a staple of what we do here at Sunset with all of our different events revolving around the book to draw people in. So uh, very hopeful again, but right now we're uh, kind of in a, in a holding pattern for the time being. Yep, totally understandable with that. All right, so let's talk a little Major League Baseball. We're getting close to a full board, Chuck. The Marlins are back playing, and the, and the Marlins are winning. Who's got the best record in Major League Baseball right now? They got the fewest games, well, maybe next to the <laughs> Phillies, but uh, they're, they're live. And I know people have hit me up to say, "I got to get some money on the Marlins." Are, are people going to the window with these guys? You know, TC, there's a lot of teams that they're betting right now. I mean, baseball has always been such a a streaky type, um, you know, sport. But when you look at teams right now that are playing so, so well, and you've got teams that are, you know, on those big win streaks and have done well over their last 10 games. I mean, you think about, you know, uh, Twins 8-2, and two, Yankees 8-2, and two, A's 7-3, and three, and, you know, the Cubs are playing so well. There, there's already that big disparity in baseball of the haves and have-nots. And it's apparent, you know, with the way the betters are playing those teams right now and against some other teams. I know it's strange sitting here on August 6th, but the trade deadline in this shortened season is August 31st. So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, any team can have a little bit of a run, but is it enough um, by the 31st to maybe make that deal to get your team where it needs to be? So definitely a different type atmosphere. You're right about the Marlins. It's early, but uh, there definitely is some separation between the good and the bad right now. All right, and your Chicago Cubs. Let's don't forget about them, Chuck. Look out! <laughs> I'm not forgetting about them, DC. <laughs> I'm all good, man. I'm all good. I know leaders of the NL Central right now. Look out! All right, and remember, everything is is a sprint to the finish, so to speak, and every game means something. So get over there, uh, bet some baseball, do what you got to do. Sunset Station, Chuck Esposito, any of the station properties, and of course, get the STN app. It is uh, so easy to use. Chuck, plug away, my friend. Yep, SCN mobile app is tremendous, TC. We've got both the race and sports component of it. We love when the guests come out and can experience everything that we offer here. We know right now it's a little bit different with the queue lines and limited seating and the social distancing protocols, but you can be a social distancing champ by coming in, signing up for the mobile app, and really having both race and sports to play from home. On the sports side, for new signups, We've got that $50 bonus in play that if you put 500 through in a 30-day period, you get you get 10% back and you can get $50. So a lot of cool stuff. So come on in, have some fun. Sports is back. Yay, sports books. And we look forward to seeing you not only here at Sunset Station, but all of our racing sports books industry-wide. Excellent stuff, Chuck. Appreciate it. We'll uh, look forward to talking with you next week. All right, TC. Sounds great. Stay healthy, my friend. You got it. You too, brother. You and the family. Chuck Esposito, Sunset Station. All right. So we go from Chuck Esposito back to Florida, back to the bubble. We've we've took the gamut today. We started in Florida and now to Vegas, and now we're going back to Florida. There you go. I know if I was a weatherman, can you imagine? Do the weathermen still use that pointer, that, that sort of thing? You know, there's a cold front coming in. I'm looking at Num Chuck. He's looking at me like I'm nuts. I, I, there you go. Thank you very little. All right, let's go to the bubble, the wobble, as they say. And join us now, the Aces head coach and the uh, president of basketball operations. Coming off that impressive victory last night, the Aces over the Washington Mystics, 83-77, is Bill Lambert. What's up, Bill? 
Uh, not a whole lot. Every day's Groundhog Day here. Yeah, it still is, right? You said that last time. Yeah. So I wonder has it the food <laughs> has the food improved at all, Bill? Or is the is the buffet uh, still a hit over there for you? No, it hasn't improved one lick. Um, you know, each week they have this, they try out the same stuff. There's no um, on occasion they'll have you know some some stations like the Taco Night where you can actually make your own food. And, and, and other than that, it's just here's your, what you're served and here's what it is, and hopefully you hit it hot. Oh man! So the Taco Night that sounds kind of interesting. So that'd be, probably be a highlight, something to look forward to. But you know, I was going to ask you uh, about this too. You know, the thought of of going through this, say from a mental standpoint, have you thought about how you're going to coach through this, like basically to kind of to cure the redundancy, or have you already started that uh, while the games get more important, that you're actually going to be there for quite some time? And I would think that, you know, from a psychological standpoint, you really need to be careful with this and how to keep – you, the team motivated, players motivated, keep yourself from going crazy as well, too. Is that part of, of this factor that maybe you never, ever would have to consider during the course of the regular season? Absolutely. I talked about that today with our team. Um, the, the problem we have right now is, you know, you you play and you have the next day you don't play and then you play again. So, And, and there's no relief in sight. So the problem is, you know, between the, the tiredness and the nagging injuries and you know, someone's going to get a knee in the quad or they're going to tweak an ankle. Um, you, the, the practice, and you're going to play 30-some-odd minutes for most of your better players. So the next day you can't really practice and go through things, So and you have to more do mental work uh, and individual work with those that don't play. And then you go in to play again. It, it's gonna, it gets old and tiring, like being in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's how playoff basketball is. It's, it's most of your practice days are more walkthroughs and mental work, and it wears you down at the course of time. And this is just a regular season. So, um, yeah, it's it's a tough one. Uh, and like I said, it, it doesn't stop. In, in in real world of basketball, you had days off with your family, and and you can go to the malls, and you can find some kind of way to escape. Here, you can't. So. I think we're still too young in the season to see the ramifications of it, but it's coming down the road like a freight train. Yeah, because and unlike the playoffs where, again, you're going to maybe be in a city for maybe three or four days max, and then you get to go back home or you travel and that sort of thing. I mean, you're living and playing in one location. So as, as time goes on, you feel like, okay, this basically has to affect players. I'm just wondering, wondering I mean, does winning cure that? And, I mean, how... I think you have to really factor that in when you're looking at your opponents, that sort of thing, and even even your own team about how this is going to be an effect. Uh, you know, on yeah, the floor. It, it, you you have to have a competitive team. You have to win some games. Those that don't win some games will put their head down real fast, mm-hmm. um, and then it becomes like a, like a toilet, just swirling down the toilet. Um, you're just not going to be able to recover because there's no hope mm-hmm. and there's no relief in sight. Um, and so you can't you can't have to do anything else except focus on basketball. And if your team's not doing well, then you're focusing on oh crap, we suck. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can't eat, and you have no practice time. You can't add or change players, so you're stuck with what you have. And that will wear on some teams. And and but also you can't you can't get the 
momentum of great winning streaks either where your crowd is into it and you're winning and everybody is euphoric and because there's another game tomorrow and there's no fans mm-hmm. and, and the food is the same and and one of the don't underestimate having to see the same people in the league every day. <laughs> it's right. weird. Right. Right. You can't you can't get you can't get away from them. They're all here. <laughs> so And and there's, there's only no, there's only so much of John Jiggy Maxwell that you can take, right? Yeah, I guess at the end of the day, the best way to say this, there is no privacy here Yeah, um, yeah. to be yourself because everybody has their quirks, <laughs> uh, you know, and, and, you know, some people eat differently or some people do things differently, but everything's exposed to everybody and nobody wants that, <laughs> but it is what it is. Bill Lambeer joins us live from the Wubble in Florida. The Aces, 3-2, and two, great victory last night, defeating the champs, 83-77. Bill, I don't know if you put much into it last night, kind of the revenge factor, that, that playoff semifinal, which was so uh, emotional and really a great series going back to last year. Uh, you guys played very, very well last night. Uh, give us your recap of last night, and then take it a step further, just being there now for three, you know, well, close to four weeks now, and uh, give us uh, your synopsis of the first five games. I thought last night was an important game for us. Um, being three-two instead of two-three was—it sounds kind of stupid, but it really was important. Yeah. You can't let the, the, the front runners get too far ahead. Uh, also, it gives us uh, a, a leg up on on a tiebreaker situation with Washington. Uh, they have to beat us by more than X points that we beat them by last night. If we were to tie at the end of the season for seeding purposes, uh, so. You know, every point's important in, in this world because you only play 22 games, and there's going to be some tiebreakers that come down to head-to-head who outscored the other team and the two games combined. Mm-hmm. I think that will be at least one of those, if not two of those, coming down the stretch. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think last night um, we're learning about ourselves. Um, we're learning how uh, this is our team's going to be some night. Somebody else is going to step up like last night. Uh, Daniel Robinson had an unbelievable game for her, which really propelled us. Uh, but I think our defense right now is coming around also. We're, we're learning the other teams. We're taking away. This is a big three-ball year uh, down here in this league. We're taking those, starting to take those away from some teams. Uh, we're going to the free throw line a lot because we're attacking and not shooting three balls. So our, our free throws uh, disparity is overshadowing our three-ball in a uh, not inefficiencies. We don't, we don't shoot them. Right. We don't have three ballers. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're, we're we're winning at that at that 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 place. We're out rebounding teams really solid. Uh, so and our field goal for are is much better than our field goal against, which is a big positive also. So all of our trends are going in the right direction. Now we just have to continue that uh, going forward. And just to add uh, to that, like I said, the lack of three-point shooting, not that you really relied on it last year, but again, you know, with Kelsey Plum and others, I mean, you, you had that aspect. You had Liz Cambage down low. You're definitely playing inside out this year. Do you feel that you have that different approach this year? And, uh, in, you know, and with Asia, it just looks like that, that lane is open up for her to do more things as well, too. Well, the offense, the way we have it set up is a spread-the-floor offense for, you know, spacing and attacking, not for three balls. Washington was the exact opposite last night. They're, they're almost five out sometimes around the three-ball line, and they attack one-on-one that way. 
Um, I, I, I think I'm, all my teams in the history of when I've been coaching this league have never been three ballers. have always been attackers uh, and getting the free throw line and rebounding. Uh, you win those categories in free throw line and rebounding, you're going to win a lot of basketball games, especially on field goal percentage against disparity. So that's how I hang my hat all the years. Um, if I ever had a team that shot three balls, well, the three ballers don't normally play defense. Right, <laughs> so right. It's, it's, so it's always a trade-off, and this is who I am, and this is how my teams are, and this is how we're going to play. And all the years it's been successful, and hopefully this year is no no different. You mentioned Daniel Robinson, new to the team. Angel McCautry also, uh, for people that don't know, just a perennial all-star, Olympian, just a great player. How do you feel that she has fit in thus far? Uh, twofold. One is uh, she's been banged up. You know, she came off a knee surgery, a bad one, and, and so she's still trying to get pushed through that one, uh, which, okay, we're living in her minutes and living in her practice time. Uh, but she is a phenomenal basketball player. I mean, I would love to coach her in her prime. Mm-hmm. She's 34 now or something around that part. Um, she's the floor. Uh, she's always been have to do it herself. And in this environment, she's very appreciative of the fact and, and accepting of the fact that this is team basketball for her now. This is like playing on USAB, the United States basketball right. team, where everybody does what they're supposed to do. And they all, and they do, they actually perform as teammates, not as individuals. And some teams, her teams have always been individual teams. Part of it is her, too, over the years. She's always an individual player. But now she's in the, she's really fitting in right now, and it's been a model teammate for us, and everybody appreciates you being on this basketball team. All right. The person that's probably getting the most camera time is yourself. All right, so yeah. ex- explain <laughs> what's going on to our listeners. We, we, you know, the barber's been missing. There, tell tell us what's going on. <laughs> well, the only thing that's going on is I wear a headband, which is unusual because you're looking like Bill I, Walton. I, we think you're Bill Walton uh, for a second. Th- that is actually a pretty interesting comment. Okay, I get that part. <laughs> um, but I, but I'm a coach and I'm an authority figure, so everybody thinks she's supposed to look appropriate. Um, <laughs> The you know I came here needing a haircut and they promised us there would be uh, a hair person here and there's not and we're four weeks in and there's still not and there's no relief in sight as far as I know so I'm just going to keep wearing my headband as soon as they put, get a person in here I'm going to get a haircut and I'm going to shave <laughs> um, but and, and, and actually I probably will miss the look um, but it's not who I am. So. <laughs> When I do get a haircut, I will shave, and I'll be a you know a more respectable looking person on television. Are you prepared to go the season, Bill Lambeal, without a haircut? I don't have a choice. <laughs> the only other choice I got is have the players put a bowl over my head and take some scissors <laughs> That's it. and start cutting. You know, I'm not going to go down that road. Wow! Can't you at least shave though? Can you shave? Well, no. Why? Um, okay. My, my wife is not here. Um, <laughs> The it, it gets irritating. It is weird. It's different. I don't. I've never really done this before. But look at me as a hockey player. Okay, there this you my, go. This is, there you go. this is my playoff beard. Whatever. I like it. I like it. I like it. All right, my man. Hey, appreciate the time. We'll let you get back to uh, enjoying some food and, and going back to doing what you do every day. How's that? <laughs> well, sit in my room. That's all I do every day. <laughs> all right. Good luck tomorrow, Bill. Take care. All right, take care. Thanks. Bye-bye. We'll talk to you later. Bill Ampere, head coach. 
President of Basketball Operations with your Las Vegas Aces. Aces back in action tomorrow night. Make sure you to catch them on TV as well, taking on the L.A. Sparks. All right, I want to thank Bill Lambeer. Join us. T.J. Reeves, both from Florida, and Chuck Esposito, Sunset Station. For the Chuck. take care. If you miss any part of the show, go to the website, tcmartinshow.com. I'm off tomorrow. Frank Harnish will be in Ballpark. Frank, I'll be back Monday. Have yourself a good one and enjoy.